0: TikTok is killing music and here's why. That's an example of a hook which if you spend enough time on TikTok you would have seen someone giving advice saying every video needs to start with a hook and essentially create a headline and then you have to follow it with who you are. So I'm Sean Adams. I started the Drowning Sound website. I have 20 years experience as a music critic and this is the Drowning Sound podcast which I'm sure you know because you press play. And in this episode I'm going to talk about how and why TikTok has become quite a big deal to the music industry. But actually, this is a bit more of a kind of how-to if you're an artist thinking about how to be on the platform, but also if you're a fan thinking about making content about your favourite artists or if you run a business that's got nothing to do with music and you're just considering, how do I have a presence on this platform? A platform which, unlike most other social media, you can go from having a few hundred followers to like a million people seeing one of your videos just because it's gone viral or because you've figured out how the algorithm works or figured out something about human psychology in in what you've created that within the first few seconds it's resonated with people and then it's cut through. One of the big things about TikTok is that it is kind of people putting sound to visuals and often that sound is someone's speaking voice and increasingly it is people explaining topics and ideas um, and sharing their knowledge and wisdom, or sometimes just sharing their opinions. And I think it's quite different than any other social network. It started back in 2016. It's changed names a few times. There's obviously some controversy around to what extent the Chinese government is involved in it. Um, it's potential it could get banned from the US in the next few months because of fears over how the technology is able to access the microphone on your device or what it's learning about the psychology of the american populace or there's lots of different things like that like i doom scroll it a fair bit i don't really post on it that much because i'm don't know just not not never been that person that's quite comfortable putting my face on camera um much more comfortable sitting behind a camera but maybe i'll warm up to that but yeah i thought i would speak to a musician that i think has really cracked it and someone who's I I guess the the big question I have is that every time I watch a video, people tell you to be relatable or authentic. People talk about all these different hooks you can create, all these different types of content you can create. And I just thought I'd speak to someone that I've seen creating things that I think is doing it really well, that is doing it slightly to promote their music, but primarily someone who's doing it to have fun um, and expressing themselves. This is my conversation with Eleanor Fletcher. She is a music producer, she's about to release some of her own solo work, but you may recognise her or know her from the band Crystal Fighters, who are festival favourites and this is, I hope, a useful conversation, especially useful if you've never ever used TikTok or even opened it, but also if you've been trying to cut through on it, I think there's some really useful advice and some insight into maybe how you might think about approaching social media. So let's get on with it. This is episode three of the Drowning Sound podcast. And again, thank you for everyone that's been sharing and spreading the word. Speak to you at the end. My first question is you made a TikTok the other day about people calling you Ellie or Eleanor, which what should I call you?
1: Well, I've committed now. So it's going to have to be Eleanor. I can't be confusing things. Uh, You know, I've already done a name change once um, for unsuitable reasons. So I think we've just got to stick with Eleanor. Yeah, from now on.
0: And um, you've embraced TikTok. And I keep hearing people tell me all the reasons why musicians should be on TikTok, all the different tips, the niching down, the talking about your specialist subjects. But the thing that comes up time and time again is authenticity. And I wanted to chat to you because I think you are very authentically you. And obviously no one can just copy what you're doing. Because that would be like all those bands that tried to sound like The Darkness and they're successful and just sounded like bad hair metal bands. Um, Mm -hmm. The Darkness had something magical that was very Justin Hawkins. What Mm -hmm. is it, do you think, that the filter that you've managed to drop or the um approach you've managed to take that's allowed you to have what everyone is looking for, that authenticity, and what you think that word even means.
1: Okay, right. Let's get into this. Okay, authenticity. Yeah, I mean that's uh I remember first coming onto TikTok and hearing that word a lot. And uh I've got I've got sometimes I can be quite a black and white thinker and I was struggling trying to find the balance between how much of myself am I meant to show? Because I've been sort of being this character for the entire time in the music industry as someone who's quite quiet, you know, in terms of speaking, quite wanting to be quite mysterious and not wanting to show too much because uh underneath I'm uh I'm to be honest a bit of a ridiculous human being and so I just wanted to keep that to myself as much as possible um so that was it was really difficult having to try and make that adjustment I felt a lot of sort of embarrassment and I didn't tell anyone I was on TikTok at all uh and I would have denied it had you asked me um In fact, at one point, I think I got a notification coming up on TikTok and uh, my sister was like, are you on TikTok? And I I vehemently denied it. Absolutely not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that is. How could she open your account and not think it was you?
1: (laughs) No, she just saw a notification come up on the screen just here. It was like TikTok's done. And she was like, excuse me. Um, So um, I was just, I had a bit of time to experiment first um, and Sort of without having the knowledge that anyone would be looking at me. Um, and so I completely removed myself from my uh, perceived character or anything that I'd developed over the years. I just imagined I was in a completely different dimension, just playing with this app that no one really could see. Um, and watching, doing a lot of seeing what other people are doing. And I did find it a bit sort of uncomfortable. And I really, the entire time, my inner dialogue was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm this person. I'm this person.
0: <laughs> Do you remember how long ago um, that was?
1: Yeah, I, just over a year ago. So I think it was oh, about okay. October. Um, and I just, you know, I was, I just couldn't believe it. It was just everything that I was not, and not wanting to be and everything I didn't like. Uh, and so it was, it was interesting, but I did see and sense that, you know, because of the the timing of everything, that things were shifting. And simultaneously, you know, I want to stick with my integrity, but also not be too rigid and keep open-minded, because I do think that that's quite an integral part of, of all of this. You have to kind of be adaptable whilst also having and knowing the core, you and that that for me is is the thing that I've established it's not just being this gun for hire and not just floating like in the sea along with everything but knowing who you are and knowing how to communicate that in different formats so it's all about communicating what this message is and it's difficult if you don't know who you are because that's going to be you know even if you really want to know who you are and you're really wanting to try and say something I guess that is the thing that is going to almost be quite obvious in a way um and so i spent a long time just figuring out my voice my speaking voice my opinions my thought processes um and it actually strangely really helped me do that um for some reason i feel more sort of certain in myself and what i want to say now than i have my entire life Um, it's it's
0: interesting that dovetails with something so i I've done social media at the BBC, I've done things with artists I work with, um, and I've spent a lot of time with kind of clients doing consultancy work. And actually what you find is, it helps focus what the business is when you Mm -hmm. have to summarize it or convey it on a public platform in ways that just writing a press release often doesn't. Or, and and it sounds, and I think this was one of the things I kind of wanted to, to talk about to begin with was to what extent do you think getting to know yourself better or being confident in knowing yourself, for instance, with the 17-year-old you, have really known who you were and what you wanted to express?
1: Not at all. I mean, the the just me two years ago wouldn't have even really known. It's taken me so long to figure out who I am, honestly, so bloody long. Um, and I think that is such a massive part of all of this, because otherwise you're just sort of it's smoke and mirrors, isn't it? And and of course you find out who you are and you, you know, flower it a little bit and present it in a nice aesthetically pleasing way. You know, of course you amplify it, but you have to have the knowledge of who you are to begin with. And I think, you know, I would not have been prepared for any of this type of thing at, you know when I was 17 I wouldn't have known what to say and the things that I would have said would have been inconsistent and would have changed like the wind uh and it wouldn't have been you know it wouldn't have been something that you want to be part of because you'd be like this person doesn't really know what they're how they feel what they think you know um and and yeah the confidence as well in that was a big barrier of of because I I, I actually as everyone in you know any of entertainment industry. I do feel like you know often it's there's quite a lot of insecurity there, and you know, uh, you know it's that that feeling of insecurity, and um, the confidence has been. It's been really liberating to be able to be like, well, this is who I am. Actually, I'm going to find all of the sort of entertaining, comedic parts of it, um, and you know, uh, use it positively, um, and it's it's a really great feeling actually. Uh, so, so confidence is important
0: so in amongst all of that did you make like a list of different pillars of you because like for instance I feel like there's like a strand of videos that are about what it's like to be a Brit in LA and how surreal yeah. some things are like some there's that fric- transatlantic friction which I think you do quite yeah. funnily um, I think you. you've got the moments of kind of music history things that you've done like being in the live lounge and having your dad calling you about trains, um, yeah. being on Jules Holland and how that actually feels, what it's like to play some of these big festivals. Because I think like you've you've figured out the thing that lots of social brand managers and stuff always try and get the people to do, which is tell your story, but also find the bits of your story which are very quickly relatable, because if you've attended one of those festivals or even heard of it, or if you've heard of Jules Holland, then that story about being on it has a more of a universal in- interest and intrigue, which I guess in a way, great songwriting often does the same thing. It touches on mm-hmm. things which people know and understand already. So did you have mm-hmm. like a little like list of pillars or things that you thought, for instance, um, I think I first started following you because you posted something about um awkwardness in the post office or something like that I can't remember what it was I think you <laughs> had a story of doing something quite embarrassing and it was so funny and I think think it had like half a million views or something when I saw it um and then I was like oh I remember your band I'll give you a follow and then you've been popping up in my feed telling your stories all the time so did you have um kind of anything in mind or did you just start doing it and then go oh there's loads more things I could do about this
1: yeah I've just got in my notes app any ideas, when I'm in a more sort of uh, creative place cognitively, I will just write down little ideas that will come just as and when, similar to if I'm writing a song, right? Um, and uh, and obviously, so the thing that I was struggling with a little bit is I kept reading these things that you've got to niche down, you've got to niche down, and technically I, I'm not so niched because I'll do like a little singing tip, a little story, a little thing like that. Um, but that's because uh, initially... Um, I think I started gaining uh, traction with uh, sort of telling comedic stories prior to anyone knowing anything about me. Um, And that was the thing that sort of got the algorithm triggered. So I had to slowly not alienate the people who did like the comedic stories. I had to sort of um, start bringing in parts of me and showing a little bit more of my character that, so that people were sort of invested and not just immediately alienate them and say, oh, by the way, here's this song. You know, it's sort of very subtle and just very slowly bringing in and incorporating a few different things. Um, and I did actually ask uh, the uh, some of my followers, um, what is it that you would like to see from me? Because I was really trying to be cognizant of not just diluting it too much. And, and funnily enough, they, they said they liked the 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 combination of funny stories little uh music performances and so this sort of uh, it's got a few elements it's not just one niche but people seem to like the fact that there's now a collection so that in itself is a niche that you get these sort of four points um which I feel quite lucky because I wouldn't have liked to have just settled down to one that feels too restrictive for me um So, uh, but I don't tend to plan it so much. I just lock into the creative part of me and then I'll just write down the things and then just kind of get up and do it. You know, a lot of the difficulties and the way that I have stopped myself progressing is sitting on music for ages, not doing anything, being really fearful, being really thoughtful, but just taking years to do it. Whereas this is the antithesis of that. I'm not being thoughtful. I'm being, well, to an extent, you know, but I'm not overthinking everything. I'm just thinking, is this good? Okay, let's do it. Uh, and then watching. And then, you know, you keep testing and trying and analysing. And as long as it's true to you, you can see what's working. Uh, great. Let's keep on with that. What's not working? Fine. We'll give that one a miss. Maybe try a little different angle. Um but that's sort of um, my strategy with it, not overthinking it. Um, and that's why sort of the confidence and the knowing yourself is so important to this because it's moving which, at high speed.
0: Which I think dovetails with one of my strategies that was very hard to explain when I worked at the BBC. Um, but because I was at Six Music, I found a quite a simple way of explaining it. So there was two, two things. One, there's a Malcolm McLaren quote on his grave, which is better a spectacular fa- failure than a benign success. And I mm. think that idea of not caring if something fails is really important. But oh, man, the, other so was, important. the other was the other you kind of need to fulfill the dance floor in order to play the things that you want to play. Mm. And so if you're a DJ and you know what the floor fillers are and they might not be your favorite songs and that might not be what gets you to become a DJ in the first place, but if you can drop single ladies and fill a dance floor, you can then <laughs> pretty much play whatever you want for the next 10 songs. Yeah, um, that's it. And I think there was something in the combination of knowing then that you've got a bit more confidence because there's a bit of an audience following you and might be paying attention and might be more interested because you played that song you, they like that you've got their trust a bit or yeah, put a video up yeah. that they found funny. and So I guess as a strategy, do you worry when you post something and it does a few hundred views rather than a few hundred thousand?
1: It used to give me a little feeling in my stomach of like, oh, oh no, oh. <laughs> but um, not anymore. Uh, because if you I think I remember it, it initially making me feel a bit like that and and then being like oh, mate, a, a little more unsure of myself. Uh, and I thought that's just that's not helping me. Um, so now I just sort of ignore it. I just try and look at it as logically as possible. You can be as emotional as you want in the creative process, but when it comes to sort of marketing yourself, you really just have to look at something quite logically and not let emotion drive you. Just if it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, oh, nah, that's fine.
0: So to now, kind of like Ryan great bodies of work as albums and but always hit singles. Yeah. Things that you're proud yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, exactly. And what are some of the things that, you've learned about how to tell those kind of little vignette stories because like you made these little kind of almost like fractals i think is one of the highfalutin ways of describing it but if you put them all together you'd have an interesting sense of who you are um, yeah. and i'm sure there's still another person that that sits in amongst all of that that's that's far cooler than the person that turned up on the awards red carpet with her shopping not knowing as a red carpet
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> good, you've got some good knowledge here. Well done. Um, yeah, okay, so the way i I feel like a weird I...
0: stand, but it's the algorithm. It keeps showing me your video. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, blame the algorithm.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I always just assume when I'm putting something out, no one knows who I am, no one cares, um, and I have to just keep getting to uh, getting people's attention and and create it it's a story it's a story right and and a lot of this I mean music it's about story people I love stories I love being part of that I love it helps me understand myself it helps me understand the world it helps distract me stories are everything whether it's a musical form or it's a spoken form so I just try and, again, I I sort of go outside myself when I'm looking through any kind of content, whether it's, you know, stand-up comedy, whether it's music, whether it's... I'm I'm thinking, when am I getting bored? When do I wish I saw a change? Like, what is it that's making me want to watch more? Um, And I tend to try and analyse with people that I don't know at all as well. um, And then uh, apply that to when I'm making my own videos. So I'll think, what's going to be an opening line that would draw someone in? um because you know you don't want to give too little information because people are just going to be like I, I just, they're not going to be committed they don't necessarily they're not invested in you unless they are a fan then they're invested in you but um you know you want to keep building up your fan base and keep showing people who you are in very in different ways and not just repeat yourself as well um so it does require you know a lot of brain power um so yeah i'll come in with something that an interesting captivating line and just try and keep it quick you know because people on tiktok aren't necessarily wanting to uh they're not wanting to um keep to, sorry I'm, I'm so adhd the screen slightly moved so sorry <laughs> I, I, I like. no i was
0: just about to pl- i was just about to in fact that's probably a good segue into <laughs> yeah because you were just talking about something which i sent you before we we met um that I thought was quite instructive in, um, sorry, I should have warned you, I was going to change the screen. Um, (laughs) So so this was a, this clip, I thought really succinctly summed up some of what you just said about the difference between Instagram and TikTok. I'm only saying that because it says it on the screen of the video, um, but because people write that on the screen, they don't always say it in the start of the video. So let's just play this quick clip. This is why Instagrammers do
1: so bad on TikTok. This is an Instagram post example. What I did to go from working part-time, struggling, trying to sign clients, to booking out. On Instagram, I'm like, oh, I know this person. Cool, what did they do? And I'm
0: interested. On TikTok, though, if I'm scrolling, 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 then I see what I did when I was working, skip. Who are you? And why do I care what you did? I don't. What's in it for me? (laughs) So you have to
1: reframe what you say in a way that's for the other person because if they don't know you I don't care if you worked part-time and juggled that I don't know you so yeah always think about what's in it for them.
0: I think it's quite succinct um that was an account called live with intent and I'll link to it in the description um but I think the, the thing that i'm finding with artists that i speak to is they really understand how to use instagram they post great interesting photos they can flick through their stories um they kind of know that their audience is engaged to what extent like you're obviously on lots of different platforms and you've approached them all differently um to what how do you think about them differently what is it about TikTok tock that's this this kind of changed things for you
1: um well it's the it's tiktok's almost more intimate in a way uh instagram you know i would view it as uh more aesthetic it's sort of almost a, a website in a way and you're creating this visual using standalone images of course reels has been incorporated uh but even those are still going down the aesthetically pleasing line um and tiktok is it's more subtle with with sort of the music and all of that it is more of a talking directly to to camera platform um so i would never really uh, i i as a general rule of thumb i don't cross contaminate the types Uh of media over those platforms because they're two different audiences
0: did you try more high aesthetic stuff on tiktok and did it not have the same yeah
1: I I think no no it, it just doesn't um I uh I started by posting like my music video um uh just some little clips of it you know that was all very aesthetically pleasing um but they just it just didn't it wasn't interesting in a way I just don't think that people want to see shiny lovely things they just want to use TikTok to sort of get behind the scenes and They don't, you know, they don't want to be fooled. They don't want any of the jazzy lights. They just want to see human beings that they could be friends with, you know.
0: And the one thing that I've, and like that that video sums up quite well, is you're talking to strangers. Like Mm. you don't know whose feed you're going to show up in. So Mm -hmm. it's the difference of if you met someone at a party, would the first thing you tell them about be your new song or would you start talking about something else that was happening in the world or something that you wanted to explain who you were before you talked about, oh, here, here's a flyer for my gig.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that would be just, you know, if you turned up to a party and someone was just doing that, wouldn't you just be like, oh, God. Uh, you know, uh, whereas if someone told you a little anecdote and then just subtly slipped in, oh, wait, and here's this the little sentence from the song I even wrote about it, you'd be a bit more captivated. I mean, it's all business in a way, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because I, I remember the first time I did conferences in the music industry and like, I would be on these panels and people would just be talking about their own company. And it was really baffling to me because I was so used to just talking about music or talking about the kind of wider ecosystem. Um, but they were obviously there just to pitch their business. And yeah. I'd often come off and people would like want to send me their music or different things because I hadn't, re- I'd talked about the topic we were discussing. And you'd see all these like bland men basically from big companies. <laughs> that had followed the party line and just said like what their business does and how their business is part of things. Um, which has got me like the first time I kind of felt like I understood TikTok a bit better was I started to realize there was people that really put their expertise to the fore um, or their humanity. And I think those those feel like the, the two things which um, like the hook people talk about. Do you want to talk about the hook and how you do it?
1: OK, the hook, uh, I guess it's just it's the first two seconds that someone sees. This is what my interpretation of the hook is. It is the first two seconds of of what people see on the screen and what is going to keep them engaged. Um, so that needs to be, again, similarly to what I was saying before, stand alone without them knowing who you are. Interesting and intriguing. Um, so whatever that looks like, you know to me that's that's what it is it's the thing that goes oh okay wow okay so you have to sort of have a good uh knowledge of language in a way you know what's you know where to place words it's it's kind of psychological i think what is the hook to you
0: i think it's like a newspaper headline it's like it's not quite buzzfeed clickbait but it's somewhere in that space of okay that's reduced an entire thing down to a sentence like yeah uh, The, the nerdiest way I've described it is a bit like bonsai pruning that you can, you can get rid of all the crap in a sentence and make something put the real, like, and it's a really hard type of writing. Um, in fact, I found once upon a time, this thing called the Hemingway app, because Hemingway had this quite kind of rigid, like all the frills removed kind of style of writing. You can just copy and paste stuff into it. And it's like, you've had three adjectives in this sentence. For me, it's probably like nine. So, um, and it's, Does that it's, app
1: still exist?
0: Yeah, it's just like a copy and paste something. And it's just literally, this thing is called like Hemingway app. Um, and you can just drop text into it. And it says like, it just gives you suggestions rather than like changes it. Um, okay,
1: okay. <laughs> we, I'll be looking at that. Thank you.
0: So we, we should have done the capsule at the very start of who you are. How, how would you do that reductive kind of sentence or two after you've said what the video is about? How do you then bring in who you are when you've? Or do you, you don't necessarily do many of those types of videos, I don't think.
1: I don't. I just, and if I do tell people who, who I am, I do it in a way that it doesn't feel like I'm doing it. So I'll just make very brief references. So say I'm telling a story, a comedic story about something completely unrelated to music, I will just lightly reference, you know. Uh, and obviously blah, 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 blah. And I've been on tour since I was 19. So this didn't work. You know, I'll reference these kinds of things just in a, just so that people, it kind of makes people go, oh, that's an interesting thing. That's not what I'm, this is not a normal situation. Um, And then, you know, try and get people to, you know, give them enough information, but so they just keep a little bit intrigued. Um, I have done a few videos of, you know, this is who I am. Um, Admittedly, they don't get quite as much uh, interaction, um, but people figure it out when I'm doing other different form videos and I'm just giving in the information subtly with who I am, which is I've been touring for 13 years now in the band Crystal Fighters, uh, but I'm a producer and writer and releasing my own solo stuff and also starting my stand-up comedy and incorporating (laughs) the
0: two. And... Like things like your, I think they're like the singing kind of warm ups and things you've done. They always feel like they've got more of a bridge to talking about being a musician than some of your other stories.
1: Yeah. And also that engages other people because, um, I think similarly to what you showed in that video before of that TikToker, what is in it for me is, is kind of something that you should really think about because people will always want something from it, whether it's entertainment, laughing or learning, you know, that's a huge thing. I'm, I'm the comedic stories that's covering sort of entertainment, you know, keeping people like, you know, having a chuckle in their day. Um, teaching that's educational that's what draws in a different kind of audience actually um so my videos with the most saves are the uh singing teaching um and they're obviously you know they're engaged because they want to be able to sing and they're finding that like a useful way of of educating themselves
0: um in fact one of the, the things that i've found over the years is sharing knowledge Rather than information, yeah. and it sounds like a really pedantic way of rephrasing it. But if you're sharing something that's knowledge and you've just learned something, you're more likely to pass it on. Yeah. Um, so the people bookmarking that might be someone's friend that's just sent it to them and they're saving it and yeah. for when they need it. Yeah. Yeah. That was more so of a comment than a question.
1: It was a fantastic comment. I liked it, and I liked that it. it was a little bit phrased as a question.
0: <laughs> um, so in in amongst all the different um things that you found what what accounts have, have kind of inspired you who were your Beatles to your oasis
1: <laughs> um at the very beginning uh, a year ago I saw uh an Elise Mears I don't know how to say her name but sh- video uh and it just made me laugh and I really like that and um I tried to not follow her too much though because I'm sh- don't want to start emulating uh communication styles but I remember her I was like oh I really like really like that um who else um there's let's see I'm yet to find someone who is something I want to be exactly like um I just I kind of I find the ones that I like this element of this I like this element of this like I like some of the educational ones but I wouldn't want to just be that so i'm just trying to take these elements of of the TikTok accounts and and uh put them into one um i think uh yeah i probably
0: should have said who are the kinks to your blur because it's less obvious uh, <laughs> yeah. um
1: let's have a let's have a look at um musically um with my oh math. gosh okay let's have a look uh musically who i like
0: um because i actually found the... when i was looking for musicians yeah, to you show us examples. There's not too many. Like, sorry, it's all right. Scrolling is for the whole. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you find? Have you found? There's been many musicians that have.
1: Not really. No, I I, I do try and search, and there's a particular kind there's a particular kind of musician um and you know there's lots of these writing a song with AI and and it's interesting seeing the uh artists with established audience transfer over to TikTok um I just saw that uh what's his name why am I so bad with names um Slow tie, okay? Yeah. So he's really, really successful, right? Um, and he's just transferred over to TikTok. He's only got maybe 10 videos. Uh, and, you know, I found that really interesting. He's done the writing a song with AI. You know, he's trying all of these strat- these new strategies to try and engage people um, because um, there aren't that many sort of really established, cool artists. Uh, so I haven't really found a lot. There's uh, one girl that i like um called kira lease um and it's these sort of videos where it's a lot of covers that seems to really that seems to translate in in the more music accounts you know what if the neighborhood was sung by lady gaga what if this that really seems to draw fans in yeah um so it's yeah, still... i think i saw
0: a video last night what if taylor swift wrote one of her songs in the bathroom And it was just all sounds of the like bath and the shower was the reverb and stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, People seem to really like that. Yeah. Um, That seems to be a good way of communicating your message. But if you're just using it in the same way as Instagram, you know, as sort of a a website and a way of showing your music videos or, you know, people aren't as interested in it. They don't really want to see it.
0: Yeah. So I feel like we've covered some of the basics. If someone's not use TikTok. There's quite a lot in there and some things to follow. I think in an inverse way, how do you think using a platform like this has maybe made you think about the music that you're making and then how you might talk about it, like, cause sometimes, and this, this might not happen with you, but I know with some artists, like with the media, for instance, going back 20, 30 years ago, artists often came up with really good topics that they knew they could then talk, like things that they cared about, they want to put in their songs that they could then talk about. Has Do you think there's any TikTok brain that's gone into some of your songwriting?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. I, I really do, actually. Um, Again, because it's uh helped sort of hone in my voice a little bit more, Um I think my lyric writing is probably a bit more adventurous. I think I actually struggled uh, a little bit with my my lyrics weren't quite as poignant, they were subtle. And and but since I've been doing TikToks, I sort of feel the freedom to be more direct lyrically. And think of what, you know, I guess it's just re, it's going back to the when you're writing a song, the hook, you know, and thinking about that, uh, uh, you know, in this sort of way as well I do think it has impacted that as well I do because you can kind of you're getting your interaction with an audience and seeing what people resonate with and what they don't resonate with it's a good test it's a good way to test it it really is. It's. It's, and and also you can do things like I've written this demo. What do you think of it? And someone will say like, oh, I really like that as a hook. Or what if that hook was there? And it's quite interactive and just a different way of of existing for me. It feels totally different, but really interesting.
0: And do you think the public therapy of being on TikTok has helped you better understand who you are? Which is then again like helped with songwriting.
1: <sighs> I guess so. I, what was quite funny for me is that people kept being like. I think, do you, have you ever been tested for um, autism? And uh, have you ever been tested? Like people kept saying it on all of my videos and I was like, strange things. I'd, um, and, and it made me sort of explore that side of things, like where people were giving me information and kind of, I wasn't asking for information, but people were sort of saying, hey, no pressure, but check this out. Uh, and it helped me uh, understand my strange little brain quite a lot more and be all right with it so so yeah it's actually done quite positive things for me i can't believe i've uh, you know i'm actually saying this but it has
0: yeah i know i think my experience of i think if you spend over 15 minutes on it by the way this is my theory it just works out you've got adhd because you shouldn't be able to spend more than about 15 minutes scrolling (laughs) um and i've actually learned loads about things which i didn't realize were adhd symptoms so i'm currently going through a whole process of better understanding that but things like i used to leave my shoes in front of the washing machine so i wouldn't forget to take the washing out because i couldn't leave the house without doing it otherwise Uh and i'd found these Uh coping mechanisms but like there was one video that's really stuck with me this guy he was um sitting there in a messy flat and his friend calls him and he ties everything up and then he calls his friend back. Say, "Where are you?" It says, "Well, you told me to call you once a month, saying I'd be there for fifteen min- in fifteen minutes." So you were tidy up, and it's like such a basic kind of like you could have done all that stuff in fifteen minutes if you were sat around doing nothing. Um, yeah. So also, he's probably some really bad advice about mental health that picks up from people that are not experts, parroting it. And
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always that you know risk and to to take things with a, a grain of salt. But you know, but also. Be open-minded and gives you, you know, take the opportunity to explore a little bit, you know, if something's quite resonating with you. You know, if you're if you're able to be self-aware and and use it in a way that you're not saying this is absolutely what it is, then that's good, you know.
0: So you talk you mentioned briefly stand-up. Has has TikTok given you a different confidence or a different ambition for that?
1: My ambition was always there. I did, um, I was always doing, when I lived in LA, um, like comedy improv classes and stand-up comedy courses. It's always, I've always completely admired stand-up comedians and had a sort of obsession with them. Which is good source material for Um, some of
0: your videos, those classes, by the sounds of it.
1: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, I... um, I think it's a good way to test out material for me personally. I'm able to see quite quickly what's working, what's not working, what I might use for a set, what, you know, because you can never be completely objective about that. Um, And I've booked in my first, uh, actually second stand-up show later this month and next month um, to take this to the stage and start testing out the material there as well because obviously uh, a direct live audience is different to tiktok audience but yeah in answer to your question it always existed but yes it has helped with the confidence a little bit because it's a good sort of testing ground for material
0: we should do a finally because i said we are gonna do about half an hour um (laughs) and i probably could talk for hours um yeah i don't even
1: know how long it's gone on for great i
0: know i just looked down i was like oh 35 minutes um, so I guess there's, I wanted this to be useful for musicians, but also just for people generally, because obviously anyone's running a small business or promoting a club night or any sort of things, they sort of need to be on various different platforms and think about yeah. how they use them. But also I think from a fan's point of view, when you see an artist doing something that seems a bit off piste, like that, this a bit like, why are you talking about that? And it's like, well, actually, because it reaches a different audience and, mm. um, what what would you say are like the few things that you've learned, like the even basics, like how to better record a video or how to make your notes before, obviously it's going to be different for everyone, how they approach the content at what they make, but on a kind of slightly more practical level, is there anything that you think would be really useful for people to know?
1: I think just key things, you know, making sure text is not overlapping things it's nicely centered you're in a in a centered uh position camera wise I've noticed that when I'm wearing bright colors it draws the eye a little more it's very subtle things like that uh which someone who doesn't know you just psychologically uh might just draw someone in for for no you know obvious reason um but I have noticed that a lot um to uh keep your eyes up you know even the you know when you choose the cover of the um TikTok that makes a difference as well when I'm sort of choose it and I'm like that it doesn't do as well as when I'm really just sort of engaged it's all of these really subtle things that you know when you're in a conversation with someone you're more sort of captivated if they're looking directly into you it's the same applies you know in across you know there's just a video in between um and I would say you know uh keep things fairly concise like you say the Hemingway app, just don't drag things on. Um, and, um, yeah, and and the confidence behind the execution as well.
0: Who do you feel like you're speaking to when you do it? Do you have anything like that that helps?
1: I don't imagine I'm speaking to anyone, actually. I, I, I don't... Um, do I... No, I try. I, I honestly feel like I'm not speaking to anyone. And I, I, don't, I think if I did, that might hinder me a little bit, because I'd probably become a little bit more self-conscious and cognizant and aware of what I'm saying. Uh, and I think when I'm just here on my own, just being a bit silly, knowing that I could post this or I could not post it, doesn't matter. Um, then I kind of, I'm free to say whatever I want to say, and then I'll just watch it back and just cut out bits that i find funny i need to be able to be like hey, that's silly um and then just enjoy it for myself first and foremost um so yeah i think thinking it was to anyone would hinder me the fact that i just think that i'm completely on my own is the thing that actually mm. helps
0: and do you stack up a bunch of ideas and just record a bunch in one go or do you yeah
1: at first i didn't do that um but as uh i started to you know feel like there was a bit more of a demand i was like okay i need to think of a way to to be as productive as possible and you know because you've also got an entire music career and stand up shows to write so you know you have to really balance your time otherwise you can spend an entire day doing it um so i yeah i write down all of my ideas on my notes as and when and then when i'm in a you know sort of feeling in a performative state um, maybe i'll have a day or um well, yeah, I'll assign a day and I'll do some bulk recordings, uh, and then Is if I ever some Beyoncé style ideas, costume
0: changes in there,
1: oh yeah, you've got to do the costume change. Otherwise, you yeah. know, people get bored. Uh, <laughs>
0: I'll
1: just whip on a jacket or um, add yeah. a bow. Uh, you know, whatever works. Um, and uh, but then I'll also, if I'm in the moment, you know, just doing something and thinking of a little funny anecdote, I'll just record it right there and then as well. So I've got the real time thing. Um, And then I've got the conscious, very conscious, I'm recording this right now sort of thing. So I've got a mix of the two, but, you know, you've got to be, think of the best way to be productive and balance the rest of your entire life.
0: Um, And just one of the other things you touched on was about aesthetic, like you've got kind of, there is a bit of a shift on some of the stuff in my feeds, people using like the back camera on the phone rather than the selfie camera. And there's like a little bit more, kind of gentle lighting and things. Like you've mm-hmm. like your videos seem to have quite a consistent feel of like you the mm-hmm. environment you're in. Like is there mm-hmm. anything like on a on a like you don't have to spend ages setting this up, lighting it, all those things. Is there anything like that you you'd kind of advise people?
1: I just say I I think, yeah, don't put too much time into to it. Like, you know, as long as you your face is lit. Um so daylight right in front of a window take a look at what's behind you, see how that looks, go for it. Um, or if it's the evening, you know, just uh, just light your face, I think, is just one of the most important things. And, um, and that's it really, because I think people are more engaged with slightly higher quality. And yeah, there's lots of things that you can do. You can turn your camera around, connect it to your laptop and open up QuickTime Player and see what that looks like. That's a little thing that you can do and I have done but then I it it just becomes a little bit laborious and then my workflow isn't as uh efficient so I I do tend to avoid that good lighting okay background and you're good to go I think because
0: even standing opposite a mirror like sometimes it's like the way of just seeing what you look like so you can kind of know if you're in the frame or not and those things yeah there's lots of basics um is there anything else you wanted to say about TikTok or anything else that we've not touched upon
1: no i i feel i feel pretty i I think we've we've covered some some key elements there yeah i think just have fun with it and always ultimately you know feeling good about yourself and what you're saying is is the important thing you know knowing who you are and what you want to say and not really doing it for for other people um initially like just take the time to figure out who you are and have a play with it and don't be worried about feeling embarrassed
0: imagine if on the start of every record deal it says you have to find out who you are before you make this record or start talking (laughs) to the press or like that would be the most simple thing that people like the amount of times i've worked on record campaigns and i'm like do you know what you're talking about with this album yet you've made it like do you know what it is let alone do you know who you are making it like that's yeah. that's so crucial it's such
1: a huge part of it it's such a huge part of it i really wish that it did come with that clause i really do uh it's it's like it's just it's it's a lot it's a, right i've just heard the it. beep
0: of your limo outside so i'll let you go. yes yes <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you so much, much for sh- your time and um of course I hope- I hope um, lots of people will co- will listen to your records because that's the only reason you're, di- you're on these platforms and playing around I having know, fun.
1: I know, I know, I know, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It was lovely to speak to you.
0: So that was a bit longer than I'm intending these podcasts to be. They're aiming to be about 30 minutes, but I think there wasn't much in there to chuck out. So um, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. It was really interesting to learn from someone who's an expert because believe it or not, I've not had enough of experts. This is part of a series of podcasts that I'm doing to start the podcast to kind of lay the foundations of where the music industry is at right now to really think about what it is that some of the friction points are and where the industry is and where we're going and like how this technology is causing extra pressure like we didn't really touch on in that episode but There's lots about kind of the stress and strain of creating social content and how for a lot of musicians when they're in, especially when they're in campaign mode and they've got press to do and TV interviews to do and radio interviews to do and things that's being sent across them to approve. And there's lots and lots that goes into a record campaign and an artist, if they are part of the creative vision of it all and making sure it's all communicated in their tone of voice there's a lot for them to do and to sign off, but obviously lots of miles for them to travel, in stores to do, fans to meet, things to reply to, things to keep across. Um, and creating TikTok content on top of all that is quite a lot. So um, yeah, there's some quite smart ways that some artists are spending like half a day with someone, asking them questions on the other side of the camera and then just kind of reading through everything, which I think is actually kind of a useful way if you've not made stuff like this before and the idea of just speaking into the abyss is not as easy for you it would be something i would suggest find someone who is curious and intrigued and can help you come up with a set of questions and just get them to ask them behind the camera to you um, might be useful as a way in to do these kind of things i made a few notes that's kind of my takeaways so i'm just going to blast through them in case they're useful as a summary because there's obviously a lot in there so like who are you is quite a big question to ask yourself start with a headline sentence Pop ideas in your notes app as you come up with them. So like the Kurt Cobain of the future, making all of his notes in his notebook is um, now doing that for TikTok, if you think about it that way, which is kind of odd and scary and weird. Um, Very subtly bring in chat about music sometimes. You don't have to make it the centrepiece of who you are, and what you think about. Don't overthink it. Easy for uh, (laughs) for Eleanor to say. I overthink everything, including this outro, which I am intending to do all these intros and outros in one take um so hopefully you can tell that um knowing yourself again um they just want to see a human being which i think was just a simple line but actually thinking about the fact that people just want to see a person like it's a bit like being on a um a facetime call with someone so just like think about being think about being the other person on the other side of the screen um so if that helps it might not help might be too self-aware share your expertise interesting and intriguing. I think those are two great I words to put in there. Film like no one's watching. And then I will add some links to some of the people we discussed and some of the things we discussed in the description. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this to your friends who are musicians or friends who are big music fans that might find this interesting. Um and yeah, if you want to go review us, apparently that helps. I don't always believe people when they say that, but um I mean yeah, go go get your revenge on us giving your favorite band's album like two out of 10 if you, if you want. Um, but you could also be nice cause you know, it's nice to be nice. And if you've made it to the end, hopefully that means you've enjoyed this. Um, yeah, I've been Sean Adams. This has been the join Sound podcast and you have been you.